Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So I was just watching NBC and they have their correspondent Richard Engel on and they were discussing with him what it's going to look like as Israel goes into Gaza and saying this has got the possibility of being like Stalingrad or Fallujah was for the United States or, you know, some of your historic sieges battles in recent centuries. And uh, this was Richard Engel's response. It would be an an absolute nightmare. It's it's been a nightmare in the past when Israeli troops have gone in, and it would be worse now because uh, Hamas has said that it spent a year training for this operation. Of us, is, 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 these people are, they know what they're, they're doing. They, they clearly have gotten better. So if they spent a year preparing for this assault, it's also logical to assume that they would have spent time preparing for the consequences of it. So when Israel has gone in, in the past, Hamas has been booby-trapped. There are tunnels. There are escape passages. There are landmines. There are berms. Uh, that, that was in years past before Hamas had this level of sophistication and this level of training. So if, 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 it went, if Israeli troops do go in, they will face uh, a ground, uh, they will face a very tough fight. Hamas will be dug in. Ultimately, Hamas, one would assume, will, will, will lose the conflict because Israel does have overwhelming force. But the people of Gaza will suffer in a huge consequence. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, over Which two million, I believe is part of the plan, of course. Sure it is. Over two million people, they will suffer horribly. We'll see it all on TV and in social media, rallying some support for that side. Well, the hoping that the Islamic world, world will rally to the side of Hamas and Hezbollah and Iran and uh, return to the glory days of uh, Muslim versus Jew and that Hamas will, by sacrificing the civilian population, rally people to finally wipe Israel off the map. That's the plan. It's interesting that I think there's a tendency to, if your enemy, 
if they're acting like animals in the way that they're willing to slaughter people, there's a tendency to, for you, at least for me, to kind of think that they think like animals, just not that sophisticated or whatever. But you can be super brilliant and sophisticated and, yeah. you know, computer savvy or whatever and be willing to do all kinds of horrible things. So wouldn't it be something if that's a good point, Richard Engel made. So that's the latest word is that Hamas had been planning this for a year. And what if it included, uh, you know, the next steps? It wasn't, okay, we've got planned up to the attack and then, you know, that's the end of our planning. It included, okay, we bring the people back across, we lure them in and blank happens. Sure. And they're able to wipe out a whole bunch of the best forces Israel has, or maybe some of the best the United States has. If it turns out we're going to send it to commandos, as uh, some reporting is saying, to get U.S. citizens out of there. Oh, boy. Then it gets uh, really dicey really fast on uh, on responses. As I said earlier, and I stand by my words, there is a 0% chance that this does not descend into some level of horror. I mean, beyond what we've already seen. It's just it, it's going to. Wow. All right. We'll wait and see. Uh, you know, I suppose there's a very, very, very small chance that Israel just bombs the bejesus out of uh, Gaza, disables a lot of Hamas's capabilities, then says, look, here's the peace plan. Take it or leave it. But again, that's very small. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, based on things Netanyahu said about a response that will reverberate through the generations and Hamas now needs to go, they feel like they've got the the political cover or emotional cover because of what happened to them to finally go in there and really just absolutely wipe them out well we'll see so just a side note ian bremer tweeted the level of disinformation on israel hamas war being algorithmically promoted on twitter is unlike anything i've ever been exposed to in my career as a political scientist wow i don't which i thought was interesting yeah that's interesting for him to say i don't know what that means then it immediately descends into, why are you surprised? Elon's ownership made this inevitable. Where does it say I'm supply, surprised? Uh, look who's talking. Then it has an old tweet of his that turned out to maybe be inaccurate. Was you Were you disinforming or flat out lying? And it descends into just your standard Twitter bile. I realize most of you, like almost all of you, aren't on Twitter, statistically. Uh I use it for a news source. One of my favorite people I follow on Twitter, who's on my side of politics, tweeted last week sometime, I was going to read this, said, uh, I'm still on Twitter, but it's barely of any use to me anymore as a uh, getting news. And I thought, wow, I'm still using it. And I honestly, I use Twitter every single day. And I I don't think I've noticed a single difference. I don't know. It actually kind of hurt my feelings. It made me feel like I must be bad at this. Or not, I must not have been utilizing Twitter well in the past because I don't notice any difference. I still think it's a great news gathering source, but I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, just trust your own eyes and ears. I mean, that's the whole knee jerk. Yeah, uh, Elon Musk turned it into a Nazi hotbed of fascist scumbaggery in advance before he even took it over. So, yeah, these people have fantasies. But uh, that is. Where we are and a lot of the future of warfare and all that sort of stuff. How about a Hamas posting to social media as they were attacking all their training and then very quickly getting those videos up? I mean, they had people with them with phones out recording abducting people so that they could immediately post that stuff 
to Hebrew, Instagram, and Facebook to get, you know, to spread terror through the land. That was part of the deal. That's where we are. And now the war continues online, too. Each side putting out uh, information, propaganda. I'm seeing all sorts of crazy, outrageous stuff. The the information war now has begun uh, coincident with the, the bloody war. Yeah. These are lovely, lovely times. Do you remember 1992 when we were all mad about Bill Clinton getting a Hummer from an intern in the White House? Like that was the worst thing that ever happened. Good times. There are a bunch of ships on fire up on TV in the Middle East. I don't know where that is. I guess I could turn up the volume and check, but somewhere. Like naval vessels or pleasure craft or what? I can't quite tell. I think they're pleasure craft or... Fishing boats. Fishing, yeah. We'll have the maritime fire report from Jack coming up. Stay with us. <laughs> but it's some of the bombing that's going back and forth between Israel and Hamas as we speak, with missiles raining down in Tel Aviv, most of them being shot down by the Iron Dome, which is one of the coolest names for a defense system ever come up with. Coming up later this hour, a school that cut honors classes to bring more equity, an idea that I have railed against with horror. There was one interesting positive effect of it. Okay, I want to hear that, because I assume no positive effects. uh, Yeah, it's interesting. I I don't think it's determinative, as they say. I don't think it it makes it a good idea, but I thought it was interesting, and, and, and it made me think that people who are sane and not ideological nut jobs could probably find a middle ground that worked for kids. Uh, but that's not uh, America's government schools, so never mind. It's my own fantasy. Uh, one more thing before we take a break. We were talking earlier about uh, I can't believe the way this unfolded that Israel was watching them train with those motorized paraglider things and I knocking ignore- down mock walls and stuff like that and ignoring it. Or I, I don't know exactly what was happening there. I'm sure that will be looked into a great detail. But just, I wonder what that is. And somebody made the point, you mean kind of like we watched that balloon from China fly clear across our country? Saying, I wonder what that was. You know, that could have been, who, that could have been all kinds of different things. And we are all just, well, I wonder, shouldn't somebody do something about that? Yeah, you'd think somebody should. Nobody did. In the United States of America, with the best military on Earth, it flew clear across the entire country. And we we're just like, wow, that's weird, isn't it? Well, we can't bring it down over rural Montana because it might hurt somebody, which is a crock of crap. Yeah, it was, uh, do we provoke China? Should we? Do we? I don't know. What do you think? Probably it's fairly similar. It's just it's just the idea when, when things you aren't specifically expecting happen, people tend to react slowly to it, hmm. which is horrifying, you know? A whole bunch of people break in your house. You're like, ah, I don't know what to do. Um the way it goes. Uh, much more on the way. By the way, if you want to weigh in any time, you can on the text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. 
basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Oh, hey guys, I heard about a man in the UK who said that he found a fried screw in his KFC fries. It turns out it was from a chicken that had a hip replacement. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? That's an odd joke. At best. Thought this was interesting. I've been railing against the idea that you eliminate honors classes because that brings greater equity. Now none of the kids has advanced educations yeah. in America's government schools, and I think it's significant that this Wall Street Journal article cites districts in California and Illinois are reporting data pointing to some benefits. Yeah, California and Illinois, the two great woke capitals of going broke, child sex mutilation, and the rest of it, just unhinged. But I do admit, before I get to why this is such a terrible idea, they open in the Wall Street Journal, which is not a conservative newspaper. It's a fairly classic journalist ethics-guided newspaper. It just seems conservative compared to all the other ones. Anyway, they mentioned this Silicon Valley High School that eliminated honors classes, and they quote this teacher named Rachel. She said, in the past, before they eliminated the honors classes, teaching the non-honors courses meant you were in for a year of behavioral problems. 
because, paraphrasing, the kids in the non-honors class were kind of, all right, this is the dumb kids class where nobody expects anything of us, and, you know, it's kind of the uh, the not-good-at-science ghetto. She says, now students from across achievement levels are taught together, and she's noticed the teenagers try harder and pay more attention to the lessons. Quote, you're not considered uncool anymore for taking a class seriously. I can see that. I can see when you see peers around you who might be impressive people or popular or what have you who are taking it seriously, that would rub off. That actually does make sense. And so if you eliminate all the people that care, which usually, you know, the what's what's my new favorite quote? I wish I could remember what it is and who said it. It would make it a better favorite quote. But my favorite quote of all time, Cicero, Tacides, one of those people. Success requires effort. I just love it. Yeah, yeah. But but now, so most of the honors people are trying harder, and so if you take them out of that class, you got nobody in the class trying hard, and you want to stand out as the one person taking this seriously. That'd be tough. Now relax. Don't 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 go crazy on me, folks. It's not like we've said. Therefore, we've landed on the 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 answer that this is an excellent policy, and there should be no honors classes. Have everybody be equally ignorant? No, absolutely not. But I think that dynamic is interesting, and that does ring true to me. They mentioned that some school districts are eliminating two-tiered systems of honors and regular classes primarily during freshman year. So it's a tone-setting thing. Now, I would argue that the truly gifted kids need a chance to excel. They must have that. If we're going to compete globally, if we're going to get the most out of kids, if we're going to give the kids what they need to get the most out of their lives, we've got to let the excellent excel. It's right there in the name. It's really important. Here's where it gets slightly sickening. Uh The theory goes that starting everyone on equal footing gives more students the confidence and skills needed to enroll in honors and placement, uh, advanced placement courses later on in in their educational career. That part, you know what? That's probably at least partially true. The changes typically target black and Latino students who are underrepresented in advanced courses in most states. Here's where it bothers me. In spite of the, you know, there might be some value to this. Here we are again at the end of the first 15, 16, 18 years of a young person's life trying to fix the course they've been on for the previous 15 years. Oh, right. And I I don't think that's a bad thing to try to do. I mean, you save the patient when you can save the patient. But as always, it ignores because it's super uncomfortable the reality that so many of these kids, black and Latino students, well, black students, primarily Latino students, is different culturally, but they don't have an intact family. They're not being taught to read. Education is not valued in their homes. They're growing up in a culture that does not expect excellence. And you've got to recognize that or you're never, ever going to solve the problem. On the other hand, some students, well, I, this is like my third hand now. I'm an octopus-looking character. I'm sort of, anyway. Uh, some students report a decrease in rigor after the changes to honors classes. Quote, we're not fixing anything, said Jacob uh, in the uh, the very uh, South Bay district we were talking about. 
The district's four traditional high schools have eliminated about half a dozen honors classes in recent year, but the number of re- years, but the lower, I'm sorry, the number of lower income and minority students choosing to enroll in advanced courses later in the high school has not budged, according to a new report. We're simply delaying the emergence of these realities, said this senior who's going to go on to great things. That's a hell of a, a smart thing to say. Um, so the theory is just not really working out. And here's the school board president saying, I've had several people tell me that ninth grade is soft. I'm hearing many people say, my God, we can't go to that school now. It's way too easy. Mm. What is the solution? Get a time machine. Teach that kid to, to, well, read to them constantly from the day they're born. Teach them the alphabet way before they go to school. Maybe someday. Maybe someday we'll have the the guts to to address um, a lot of the achievement gaps. Honestly, we only discuss gender issues in my household. Um, the gender bread man. That's right. We have no time to teach them to read. So I was trying to find my effort quote. If anybody remembers which year Greek or Roman thinkers said that and what the exact quote was, it's my favorite quote of all time, and I, I can't remember it or managed to write it down but anyway maybe you should try harder Mm. so i googled just i just googled success requires effort and uh because it's something like that and here's a bunch of the questions you know how it it offers you up other questions like when you google stuff oh yeah yeah why is effort important in business is apparently a popular question oh does effort guarantee success is a question somebody's asked ever let alone enough for it to be one of the choices? You know, friend, thanks for the question, but I wouldn't worry that much about success if I were you. <laughs> what is the relationship between effort and success? <sighs> Was that somebody writing an essay, maybe, and wants material? Uh, I don't know. I hope there aren't <sighs> people actually Googling. Does effort guarantee success? <laughs> oh, absolutely it is. Absolutely. We'll drop off the check next in a moment. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. 
I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Israel says there are at least 100 hostages being held in Gaza. And Hamas is now warning that they will start executing Israeli hostages if the bombing continues without warning. They say some of the hostages are already dead. Uh, another report I heard said they, they, they said they will uh, kill, start killing hostages if the bombings continue and post it to social media. Lindsey, because a, a number of the hostages are American, Senator Lindsey Graham responded this way. If you harm one American in Syria by using your Iranian militia against us in Syria, if you escalate the war by urging Hezbollah to attack Israel in the north, if Hamas kills one American and Israeli hostage, we're going to blow up your oil refineries and put you out of business. It is now time to take the war to the Ayatollah's backyard. So that threat was aimed specifically at Iran, I guess with the idea that Iran can control Hamas, which they probably can. To some extent, certainly, yeah, yeah. Uh, as we are jabbering, we're roughly a half an hour away from the ancient president of the United States making a statement. It'll sure be interesting to see what he says and see his condition. We so need a new president. Yeah, well, let me read this thing from Mark Halperin's political newsletter. And Mark Halperin's a pretty nonpartisan guy in this stuff. I thought this was really good. Will the American president's planned address on the terrorist attacks today be one for the ages with stirring rhetoric, muscularity, and memorably delivered, commemorating the moment and bringing the attention of the nation and the world on the shared challenges ahead? We all know the answer to that. Yipes. Oh, I can't argue with him. No. Okay. And and it, really, for the love of God, it's not a partisan thing. It's a uh, uh, the health and safety of the United States thing. You can't have a senile old president. Complete change of topic. We're talking about smart people. I was, I was just going to say, I can't take any more ugliness. The world is too ugly. I can't take it. I'm quitting this job. I'm going to become a, uh, I don't know, uh, I'm going to get a fishing boat, become a f- commercial fisherman. I don't know the first thing about it. I assume there are nets involved or hooks or something. I'll read up. I will Google it. And this is my last show, folks. Thanks so much for the support. Godspeed. I'm guessing bait plays a role somewhere. Wait a minute. Bait. I hadn't thought of bait. There's probably bait. Um, complete change of topic. So we were talking last segment about smart people, dumb people, this, that. I made the comment off the air, the old 
George Carlin joke that look at the average person and recognize that half of people are stupider than them, <laughs> which is really kind of stunning, really. But of course, it, it it speaks to in your mind how smart is the average person. So I googled that. This is Alec actually, um, like some high level polling. This is not like Glamour magazine or whatever. This is. Uh, <laughs> 65% of Americans believe they are above average in intelligence, and that seems to be true across most polls. So about two-thirds of people believe they are above average in intelligence. It's kind of interesting. They're not right. At least some of them are. Well, so does that so 15% of people are, are really wrong. Well, that's the uh what is it? The Dunning-Kruger effect or the uh quadratic equation or whatever that the your perception of your incompetence uh, decreases as you talk about dumber and dumber people. Incompetent people don't know they're incompetent. Right, exactly. If you're questioning your competence all the time, you're probably competent. Incompetent yes. people don't walk around wondering, or saying to themselves, geez, I'm an idiot. I'm incompetent. A monkey could do this job. Incompetent people aren't saying that. They think, they, I'm killing it. Yeah. Killing yeah. it. Well, and, and uh, you know, I, I have to have some tender mercy in my soul because nobody asks to be, you know, of subnormal intelligence or subaverage oh, intelligence, I should say. Oh. Um, that doesn't make them less worthy of uh, our love and respect or the kingdom of heaven or whatever, you know, the orientation you have or philosophy. Nice you have. of you that you, you, you don't believe that dumb people should go unloved <laughs> and excluded from heaven. That is very charitable of you. <laughs> On the other hand, <laughs> I don't. I think there was another hand, but I can't remember. Oh, that's right. I I have long said. I think I even tweeted this that I realized at one point that I am the saddest level of intelligent. I'm just smart enough to know how dumb I am. Yeah, I pretty accurately perceive my blind spots, and they're humiliating. <laughs> I mean, I hear, oh, I'll listen to a podcast or watch a show or something. And I think, oh, my God, I'm like a dog compared to those people. <laughs> On the other hand, I love my dog. He's a good dog. He's a good boy. A different topic similar. We've discussed many times before. What percentage of people think they are better than average looking? A majority of people think they are better than average looking. Obviously, that's not possible either. <laughs> Well, wait a minute. Average or median? I mean, because I, I almost said something truly unfortunate. What if there's somebody so transcendently beautiful in the world, they throw off the average? It's yeah. like Bill Gates walks into a bar, the average net worth in that bar is $100 million. Yeah, my uh, my my life experience on that is that there's a, there's a top, like, 1%, 5%, whatever it is, and they're all the same. I mean, it's just, yeah. nobody's... Yeah, you're right. You know, you know what would be helpful to me is if somebody science, perhaps I represent science. If science could show me the picture of this is the average looking man. And I could look at that picture and say, you know, I'm a little better looking than that guy. Or, you know, he'd have the edge in the bar. Yeah. So a majority believe they're above average. Thirty four percent consider themselves attractive this is from gallup this isn't again this isn't people magazine 34 percent of people call themselves attractive eight percent believe they are beautiful or handsome i don't know that it, are eight percent of people beautiful or handsome i mean everybody is you know to a certain extent but i mean like a, 
Uh, probably. That's probably about right, huh? Yeah, a little a less than one in ten, something yeah. like that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That seems a little high. You go to a you go to Walmart and look around. I don't know. I mean, if you're at a bar where better looking people seem to tend to congregate. Well, there's some other stats to this that are kind of interesting. Well, yeah, I was going to say, because you could go to Walmart or you could go to some like super high end uh, restaurant in, in Manhattan um, and, and you'd see significantly more really good looking people. I was walking through the rich places. Yeah, I was walking through a Nordstrom yesterday. A lot of good looking people in there. A lot different than uh, being at Walmart for whatever reason. And I don't actually know the reason. Do you know the reason? Yeah, kind of, sort of. Yeah, there's a, there are all sorts of psychological uh, truisms about we tend to assume competence on the part of attractive people. Uh, we want to be with them. Uh, they get promoted more. Uh, attractive people tend to breed with attractive people. Um I got a Walmart face. I know I do. It's just, it's fine. Uh, it's all right. I don't spend a lot of time thinking about these things just because, you know, I was a decent enough looking young man, but um, it's just had so little to do with my life. Being huh. fixated you. on looks would just. Yeah. See, I'm still in the game. I'm single now. I'm in the game. Well, I got it. But, you know, I know I got a Walmart face. So I walk around Walmart with a sign that says looking to date. You know, you're right. I uh, I was blinded by my, what, off-the-market privilege or something? Yeah, you have marriage privilege, which you actually Marriage do. privilege. That yes. actually is a privilege. Um, yeah. But anyway, so more on this, which I thought was pretty interesting. 60% said that although they wouldn't describe their bodies as ideal. Who, who, oh, I would. Who walks around <laughs> describing their body as ideal? <laughs> the only ideal I represent is maybe among hog farmers. <laughs> Just well marbled enough. <laughs> I, I've noticed this several times in my life. The better looking you are, the more focused you are on your imperfections. I've, I've noticed that's a few what, people that's like what that. I was kind of driving at. Yeah, I knew a woman when I was a uh, DJing at this country bar, and uh, she was definitely in that top whatever percent that is of like really really attractive, ex- extraordinarily attractive. Probably twenty year old woman. Uh, drinking age was eighteen at this time. Um, and she got an operation to move her lower jaw back like a sixteenth of an inch because she felt like she had an underbite, which nobody was ever walking around seeing. Boy, she's got an underbite, does she? I mean, she was just spectacularly hot, but she had the one little thing that she was focused on. It drove her crazy. Mm. Wow, can't imagine what that cost. She had her mouth wired shut for like six months in the prime of life to get your jaw wow. slightly moved. I mean, I don't know what she was hoping to do with that. Anyway. Um, 60% say they wouldn't describe their bodies as ideal. I am not either. Uh, Wait a second. What percentage? 60% said their body is ideal. No, is not ideal. Oh, 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 okay. I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. And which is perfectly fine. Ideal. Though they were quite satisfied with the way they look. 60% are satisfied with the way they looked. I'd be in that. I guess I'm in that because what's the, what's the alternative? Walking around not satisfied? I mean, it's like... Hating that we don't have two sons or something. I mean, what? What is the point being, of this? Being angry that I'm not taller. I just I'm over it. <laughs> A majority said they were better looking than the average person, as we mentioned, putting themselves between a six and a seven on a 10-point scale. See, I'm not sure that's the right way to do it. I don't think most people, when you talk about he's a 10, she's a 10, they're an eight, I don't think most people think of five as average, do they? I think most people think is like seven is average. 
That's an interesting question. I know yeah, it doesn't I think make you're sense, closer to the you're closer to the truth. Yeah. Yeah, I think I we're most I people. Find, I find this whole discussion very uncomfortable. Well, this is the way we feel about ourselves as opposed to yeah. judging others. Sure. Yeah. The most confident group, not surprisingly, were people younger than thirty. You look better when you're younger than 30. Yeah. Enjoy yourselves. <laughs> Enjoy it while it lasts. Uh, 20- time. Cruel. Uh, 28% of... <laughs> time, comma, cruel. 28% of young women and 30% of young men rating themselves between an 8 and a 10. I don't know if I'd have ever called myself a, between an 8 and a 10. That's part of that's my personality. You were ruggedly handsome as a young lad. I remember it. You had to fend off the ladies, folks. But that's, oh, that, my. that's a certain sort of mindset, though, isn't it? If you're walking around feeling like you're a 9 or a 10. Oh. I wouldn't know. <laughs> uh, 66% of young women and men said they were somewhat to very satisfied with their appearance. Well, good. Good for them. Good for you. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. The level of satisfaction. Now, let's get to us. The level of satisfaction dropped slightly after 50 but still, half of women stated they're happy with their appearance. Well, that's fantastic. I'm glad to hear that. You should be. Why not? Why wouldn't you be? I mean, unless it's something you can change. I could lose some weight. That's something I could change. But for things you can't change, oh, my God. Yeah, that's that's no way to spend your time on Earth. Wishing I had well, my, hair. I mean, what a waste right. of time. If you're in your 50s and still really feeling that, my heart hurts for you. Yeah. I hope you can find healing. Yeah, that's one of the... There are downsides to getting older, but that's one of the great upsides is you just don't care about that stuff anymore. And it's freeing. Yeah. What do you put yeah, yourself, Michael? What do you call yourself? Um, average. Like 5.56 right now. <laughs> Please, you're so hot, I almost changed teams when I met you. <laughs> Please, <laughs> handsome devil. Uh, all right, we will finish strong next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. But even the families, they realize that you're dealing with, with that they're not even animals. Animals, you know, behave different than the way we saw those barbaric terrorists behave. So they know that we have to use force in order to bring the, the boys and girls back home. That's the former uh, ambassador, I think, from Israel to the United States, uh, making the point that the families of these hostages realize what may happen or the situation they're in. Yeah, it's not exactly like if somebody was snatched here in the United States and I'm, you know, if you live in Israel, you are you are fully aware of the, all kinds of possibilities that we don't think about in the United States on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, this got a, a bunch of attention over the weekend. You brought it up yesterday. How many student organizations there at Harvard condemned Israel as solely responsible for the violence over the weekend? 31 of them. Just saw a couple of uh, notices that George Washington University students did a similar thing, as did University of Virginia students. Wow. Academia is diseased. It is diseased. When you've got the entire Democratic Party, except for like two members of the House, and they got shouted down quickly Yeah, when they offered any sympathy for the terrorists i mean it's 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 practically unanimous republicans and democrats yep and you, the colleges are practically unanimous as being outside of that norm do they realize how out of the mainstream they are or are they find that's that? that's a great observation i mean they're beyond out there but that's 
it's not universal, but it's damned common uh, among our campuses in America that they are radical leftists. You are, and they're teaching the kids, indoctrinating the kids to have their philosophies. So Larry Summers, who was president of Harvard and got fired for the stupidest reasons years ago, and then was Barack Obama's Barack Obama's uh, economic advisor. He tweeted over the weekend, in nearly 50 years of Harvard affiliation, I've never been as disillusioned and alienated as I am today. He's a lefty, but he's an old school Democrat. The silence from Harvard's leadership so far, coupled with a vocal and widely reported student group statement blaming Israel solely, has allowed Harvard to appear at best neutral towards acts of terror against the Jewish state of Israel. Then he goes through a bunch of statements that Harvard has put out over the years for other situations. Instead, Harvard is being defined that they should that they could have put out about this one. Instead, Harvard is being defined by the morally unconscionable statement. He called the statement from all those student groups morally unconscionable. Yeah, that is something from the former president of Harvard. Uh, apparently coming from two dozen student groups blaming all the violence on Israel. I'm sickened. I cannot fathom the administration's failure to disassociate the university and condemn this statement. I very much hope appropriate statements from the university and college condemning those who launched terrorist attacks and standing in solidarity with its victims will soon be forthcoming. As far as I know, they haven't been. Again, uh, you know, I could read the statement from George Washington University Students for Justice in Palestine, or this is uh, Students for Justice in Palestine at the University of Virginia. I guess at least that's one organization and not 31 like Harvard, but... Uh, it's astonishing to me how far down a road of insanity people can be led by ideology. It's for final thoughts joe getty let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day our technical director michelangelo will lead us off michael final thought i keep thinking about what jack said about israel and every man that's 18 and older is uh going to be part of this and i just wonder if that could happen in our country would we would we do that you know how many people would show up yeah mm. well you have to feel like you're actually under threat of disappearing from the earth it'd be pretty hard for that to occur in the united states our esteemed newswoman, Katie Green, has risen from her sickbed to join us. Katie, a final thought? Mm, I'm I'm just kind of sitting up out of my deathbed right now. I'm not too sure I'm full risen, but thank you guys for being understanding yesterday. I'm still recovering, and I hopefully hope it's none not of you get your deathbed. Good lord! <laughs> Pretty much. Oh boy. <laughs> And again, if you need a virus gain-of-function job, call Anthony Fauci. He's the best. Jack, final thought? I'm a little nervous about the president's statement today. If he comes off as uh, dementia-ridden, that's not going to help the situation. It's not just a political problem in terms of who's going to be next president. It could have some serious ramifications on the world stage. It is not lost on me that the speech is dead center between roughly 10 a.m. and 2.33 o'clock in the afternoon. Right. There's a uh, news blackout from the White House like all day Sunday. It's having a rough day, I guess. My final thought, the San Francisco 49ers have ruined me. I tried to watch the Meat Packers and the Raiders last night. It's just bad football. I couldn't watch. I turned it off. You have a high standard. 
I do now. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. And the fact that my favorite football team is excellent means I'm excellent. <laughs> Makes me a better person and more important. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. Great hot links for you. Pick up an A&G t-shirt, would you? We'll see you tomorrow with all the latest. God bless America. Can we uh, get out of here, please? It's over! I said bye. And that's it. Okay. I shouldn't have to live like this. Oh, my word. (laughs) You laugh. I laugh. (laughs) you got to be kidding me. Please go away. Let's go out with a bang. So you guys have had it, obviously. How's, How's your stool? Oh, Lord. All of a sudden, I feel good enough to hit you, you know? (laughs) Well, good. That's a good sign. (laughs) On that high note, thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.